in a beautiful mountain town in northern BC, halfway between Prince George and Prince Rupert on Highway 16, Smithers BC is the home to many very talented artists. And I've decided to sit down in conversation with some of them and find out just what makes them tick. Welcome to Conversations in Art. Today, joining me is Caitlin Ambry, an impressionist landscape painter. Where are you originally from? I am originally from Hazleton. Was born there with my brother, who's my twin, and my mom and dad. And so they had lived there, I think, for eight years or something like that. Or they lived in Case Box first, and then they lived in Hazleton. And we lived there till we were about five, and then we moved to Victoria. So most of my life, I grew up on the island in Victoria. And then we'd always come back and visit Smithers and Hazleton area because we had friends and family. My Oma and Opa immigrated here from Switzerland and the Netherlands. I think it was my Opa moved here in the 40s and my Oma was a little bit later. But they had a farm here. And so they raised their six children on the farm. And my mother is one of those six children. So we have a connection to the valley and we'd always come back and visit at least once a year. Where did you go to art school? No, I ended up going to school in Victoria UVic. And I did my undergrad in psychology. But when I was doing my undergrad, I painted quite a bit. I've always done art growing up. I think I was homeschooled till I was in grade six. So I think that really instilled like an artistic practice because I just always loved to draw. And then in university, I would paint quite a lot just on my own spare time. And then I started doing little shows in Victoria and it just grew from there. Do you have any thoughts on whether art is nature versus nurture? I think both roots can work. I did do quite a bit of art history, and I did take one year of visual arts. I took a little break from psych and did one year of visual arts, and then went back and finished up with a psych degree. So I got a little taste of it, but I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful information you can glean from doing a full arts degree and continuing on with that. But I think you can also do a lot of your own learning, your own research. And I found for myself other Artists have inspired me historically in different art movements, but overall it's just been the process that I've learned the most through was just by doing and learning by my mistakes and just keep plugging away until it seems to work. And I actually found psychology for myself more intellectually inspiring for my art than the actual art program I was in personally. And then there's a lot of different art programs out there, but the one I was in didn't really fit with me very well. And so that's why I found actually psychology was more beneficial for my artistic practice than the art program itself. Tell me more about that. The art program? No, about, or, how, the, about how the psychology helps. You. Oh, I just found like studying the human mind and the psyche and how, it was a long time ago now, but just opening up my mind to different ways of viewing and seeing the world, I think helped me to explore my internal state and seeing how that's reflected and expressed through art. Even if it's just a landscape, it can still express like an internal landscape as well. Yeah. Can you describe your style? Yes, my style. It evolved organically. I would say it would be probably more in line with like expressionistic styles of painting. So if you, if you think of like the old classics and go or some, I, I love his art. So it'd be more expressive in that way, I would say. I used to do more figures and people, but now I've, I've mainly focused on landscapes lately, but I'd like to move back towards more images with people in them as well. Talk to me about your process and your vision when you create a piece. Do you come at it with uh, like a photograph or is it something oh, that okay. inspires you or do you feel like you're driven by a color palette and you need to put something 
oh, on yes. canvas. It's a real mix of it all. Like I think I often will do a combination of places that I've been that have inspired me. And you, you get a sense of the feeling of the place and then you want to express that feeling. As well as I'll often use photographs to help as reference points, but then I will change it a little bit. So it's a combination of real place photographs and then my own kind of imagination that just gets thrown in there. So I would say it's a combination of those three. And, uh, and then I usually start with just a rough sketch to give myself an outline. And then I'll always put down a first coat of my base color, which is usually like a mix between a yellow and red in with the, the acrylics I use. And then I build up layers from that. And then the layers are very thin, so I always treat it as though it's like watercolor, where you'd have layers that dry, which is nice about acrylic because it dries really quickly. So you can layer it quite quickly without it becoming muddy. So yeah, do several thin layers, thin washes, and then build it up from there. You have very distinctive lines in your work and very distinctive color palette too, I find. Mm-hmm. Does that come by choice or again? Yeah, I think it's all just developed organically from for me. Like it, I've discovered certain colors that I love working with and I love the golden acrylics. So I have like maybe five or six tones that I use from them. And then I just mix my colors with that. And then with the lines, I think when I started, it was less, how do I describe it? like less bold lines, everything flowed together a bit more and now it's become more defined. So, and that I wasn't never intentional, it just started to happen over time. Which is the exciting part too, at least for me, is that I feel like it's a continual journey of growing and I never quite know exactly how my paintings will evolve and that feels like I'm always learning as I go, which I really, I think, which keeps me motivated to keep painting as well. What about sense of place for you? You've said to me before that you really are inspired by places up here between terrors too, you said. And I always loved coming up to visit here. Yeah. I love the mountains and the rolling landscapes, the combination of the farmland as well as the rugged mountains. I just think it's stunningly beautiful. And then I never really explored the terrace area like up the Skeena that much before, but we've been doing it quite a lot now that we've been living up here. And um, my husband keeps joking that we're going to move to Terrace because he loves there's he loves the natural landscape there so much. I'm like, no, we could stay in Smithers. We love going up that way, and I just feel like you're even getting more out into the wild, and it's it got a bit more of a coastal feel as you approach Terrace, which adds a whole different uh, feel to the landscape. So both areas are just stunning. Love it. And you've had quite some success. I feel like your work's very well received in this town. What do you have planned for yourself? Are there any shows coming out? I hope so in the future. I, the last, I'm trying to think the last show we did. It was almost two years ago, I think, in Vancouver. And that was it. And then I guess COVID happened. So that kind of, I haven't really been focusing on shows. But I would love to do another one again at some point. We're expecting our third baby this Christmas. So I think right now I've just been focusing on commissions and just individual paintings and just doing it little by little. But it's pretty busy season of life with little children in the house, just taking it one step at a time. But I do have plans for the future. I have ideas um, brewing around like what could happen in the next few years with maybe getting an art space in town or becoming more involved with the community with art because art can be quite solitary, an incredible creative way to connect the community. So I feel like I've been more on the side of the solitary end of 
art making and I'd love to move towards a more communal expression. So hopefully that will come in time. Yeah. And did COVID have any effect on your creativity, positive or negative? I would say yes. I think, I think if I didn't have children, I would have gone into full on introvert mode and just painted like crazy and just gone into that. But because of having little children, I didn't quite get into that full mode entirely because we were doing other things. But I think it was a more reflective time for me, for sure. Because in some ways, yeah, there's just not as much external stimulation. And so it was a time to be more reflective and think a little bit more about my artistic expression and, and maybe the direction I was wanting it to go in. Yeah, and it also had its challenges as well. I think for a lot of people, COVID has been isolating. And as a stay-at-home mom, yeah, I think the hardest part was not being able to have like people in my home and have little play dates or things like that. I found my creative expression kind of struggling a bit more, but then when I did tackle it and go deeper, I found it to actually be an opportunity for more reflection and to go actually deeper in my artistic expression if I allowed it to. So it was a real mix, yeah. Do you think COVID will have any effect on your work? Style-wise? I think there'll probably be, it'll probably be a mix because I still do quite a few commissions, which I appreciate as well because they kind of bring me out of myself. The commissions are usually very open-ended, which is nice, but it gives a little bit of direction as well. So I feel like there would be a real combination of stuff that I have been doing for a while and I'd also like to start just exploring new directions as well. But the main thing for me is just time. I think the more time I have for painting, the more I feel like room to explore whereas if I have limited time then I feel I'm less uh, creative in my exploration. How have you found the arts community here in in the valley? Oh it's been great I feel it's been very welcoming and supportive and the art gallery has been great and yeah all the individual artists that I've met just yeah a real sense of wanting to support each other in the arts which I really appreciate. I feel like I'd like to be more involved and I just haven't been able to. So that's my main thing. I know it's there. I know that there are ways to become more involved and there's, I think, a lot of desire from that probably from other artists as well. But the season of life for me has made that a little more difficult. But regardless of that, I have felt really encouraged by the artistic community here and feel really blessed that there are so many artists and artisans in this valley. So that's been great. I wonder, do you have any idea why that would be? Like, why does it lure the lesser spotted artist? It's beautiful here. And I, yeah, I'm sure there's probably little pockets of artists in every community, but so it's hard to say, but I, I would say probably just the raw beauty here probably lures artists to the valley. And I think there's also a real, at least my sense is that there's a real genuine artistic passion that I see. And there's a real openness to diverse expressions within the arts as well without falling into one particular expression that is more valid than another. It seems like there's a lot of space and room for different artistic expressions, which I think is great. Do artists like solitude? Is that part of it here? I think probably artists are a real mix. Like, you definitely need solitude, because I feel like the world can be very overwhelming and overstimulating quickly. So you need to, like, get out all that stimulation through art and just, like, let it out through art. So I think there is definitely, like, a need for solitude. And maybe if you think about just the quietness, maybe, of the rural landscape, it just maybe gives that mental space for creativity, at least for some artists. So for you? I, for me 
Personally, I think so. When we're living in Vancouver, there is a huge artistic community there as well, which is great. But it's, it's maybe a different, I think from my personality, I find that I have more room in my psyche to paint when I'm in a quieter space, just with less constant stimulation going on all around. But yet, you still need some. So I think that balance between solitude as well as a supportive artistic community is a really important thing to navigate. And I, I don't know if other artists struggle with it, but I often find that tension within myself of the, uh, the introvert-extrovert side of me where it's like that longing to be connected, but also needing that solitude and finding that balance, which I'm sure all people wrestle with as well. Just to touch a little more about place, do you feel connected to here now? Could you take this anywhere or is this like an anchor place for you? Yeah. It's funny because even when I lived down south, I would often paint images of up here. Because there is something, I think, imprinted in my being of this sense of place here and the feeling of this place. And I even draw quite, quite a few images from the Hazleton area just because those are my earliest memories. We lived on a property that had this incredible view. I, I grew up knowing the mountain of Stekioden and so I think the feeling of that place has always been just in my soul. So I, I think that yeah the landscape here is really a part of in some ways who I am now and how I express my art. And it would be interesting I think wherever you are you adapt a little bit. I think there would be parts of me that could go anywhere and paint but I think there is also part of this landscape up here now that is deeply rooted in my soul and my being and my artistic expression comes from that connection to this place. Yeah. And can you describe that mountain to me? Well, it's got many names, but uh, I know it as Sakyodin. And it is right as you enter into Hazleton. If you're coming from Smithers towards Terrace direction, it would be on your left-hand side. And it's this majestic mountain. It's very dramatic, close, right close to town. Leah Pipe, another artist here in the valleys who lives there, has incredible paintings of that mountain as well. And yeah, I think just maybe because I was little and I, in my earliest formative years, you had that mountain right outside. It was always a very grounding presence in, in the community. So for some reason, that mountain particularly has always been very special to me. All the land up here is, is beautiful and I think probably is held dear to many people up here. <laughs> and do you generally go quite large with your canvases? Yeah, I think I definitely feel more comfortable with large canvases. I think there's just more room to express what I'm trying to express. In some ways, I'd almost like it if I had worked smaller because I think it would be less overwhelming. I can get down to a certain size and then I feel like any smaller is just becomes difficult for me. So the large action makes it easier for me. I haven't gone super, super large. Like I think the largest I've worked is 48 inches by 72 inches. And then I'm going to be doing a painting soon that will be a little bit larger than that, but I haven't tried massive scale, but I, I definitely like the larger size overall. Can you describe your line work and the use of light in your work? Because it's very distinctive. Yeah, I find the line work definition and flow to the direction of the painting. And, and again, it developed organically, so I wouldn't say I have it fully articulated, but I would say that as I look at the images, it can bring a sense of direction and flow to my images, which kind of create a sense of movement. Mm -hmm. If you look at your work, it's quite interesting because it has so much definition as an Impressionist painting landscape with so much flow, light, and color. It's, it's such striking work. Well, thank you. They have a very <laughs> distinctive style to it. It's beautiful. 
you have a long career ahead of you. Do you yeah. think your work will change over time or you'll, I guess in some yes. senses it's always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know. I hope it changes. I, I don't want to get like maybe stuck in one certain particular style. The way I've noticed it evolve is it like still keeps elements from previous paintings, but it's just added to. So like the style shifts and changes, but it still retains elements from previous paintings. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll change over time as I grow and learn as well. And I think it's, for me, it's the process of not pushing change, but also just being aware of it and hoping that I will keep growing, but also not trying to force it prematurely because I feel like so much of it is just an organic process of just the participation and doing the art. Excellent. And how, how about art as a business? Is it feasible for people to make a living in as small artist. communities as an artist? I think it is. I found Smithers to be incredibly supportive of local artisans and artists. I think it's definitely feasible. It's hard for me to know for sure because I'm only doing art very part-time at the moment because of just the busyness of little kids at home. But I could imagine that if I was doing it full-time, it could become a, a livelihood. And I think there's a lot of artists out there too. That they'll have one that needs is more of a steady income and then an artistic job. So I think it definitely is not, maybe not easy, but I think that if someone is very motivated, I think that in a smaller community, especially I've noticed here in the Valley, like if, if someone really want, was motivated to make it their livelihood, I, I think it would be possible because there is so much support for local and for artists and artisans here. I was always amazed how many people bought locally here and supported that approach to living life. And it's really encouraging because it's, yes, this is so good for our local community, for that kind of creativity to be encouraged. And have you ever had any major struggles as an artist? Yeah, I, I don't know if this is a stereotype of artists, but the artistic temperament is quite highly sensitive. I think to have the courage to continue that inner passion and expression even when, you know, there might be a lot of insecurities or things that you feel around that could maybe push it down, depending on where you are, what kind of artistic expression is seen as more valid. I think for me, my biggest struggles have probably been around my own insecurities around what I have to share and if it's valid or not. And so really trying to just trying to have that mindset of that every person has a voice and that that expression looks different and that it's really important for each individual expression to be seen and heard. So that I think has been something I've definitely had to wrestle through. I think maybe even more so in my undergrad, trying to wrestle through directions to go in and whether art was a good direction, but I kept just doing it. It was almost like I had to just keep painting. I think I definitely made choices along the way to pursue art, but it's also just been something that I've like almost felt that if I don't do art over a period of time, I, I find I just, I almost need to do it as, as therapy in a way. I think that has been important. I feel like a lot of, not, I wouldn't say this for every artist, but I would say, I think there's a lot of artists out there that do, yeah, maybe struggle in general with just life, like life is a, a tricky thing to navigate. And so I think art can be incredibly healing and therapeutic in terms of processing the challenges and the complexities that life brings. Is it almost the Zen of putting paint on canvas? Is that how you do your processing or is it the actual creating something out of nothing? I think it's the process for me, especially that middle phase when you've laid down the groundwork and then you're getting into the part where it's starting to form and you're like, oh, this is an exciting direction this painting is going in and you, you weren't quite aware of how it was gonna go. I feel like 
it just gives my brain room to think about other things as well. And then sometimes I'll also listen to podcasts or just interesting talks while I'm painting. And I find I can absorb the information more too while I'm, my hands are busy doing something. And the end results often, I'm like, oh, that didn't quite turn out the way I... So I feel like I have to always approach it as the process is more important than the product because I think, yeah, it's a continual learning experience. Yeah, we're all our own biggest critics, aren't we? Yeah. And do you, Yeah, for sure. Do you find yourself criticizing your work? Yeah, I do quite a bit. Or I'll look at it initially and I'll be like, oh, I like that or I don't like that. And then I'll look at it later and I'll have a different perspective on it. So I find something that's good to just, if you're not quite pleased with it, just put it away for a while and then have a look at it again with new eyes down the line. Most of the time I can wrestle through it. If there's something that's, it's gone wrong, then I can usually adapt it to make it work, which is very frustrating in the moment. But afterwards I feel like, oh, I did it. Like I worked through this puzzle. But there are a few times where it's just too far gone and there's no redeeming the painting. So I think those ones just disappear <laughs> into back corners somewhere. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for speaking with me today. To see some of her works that escaped the back corner, go to CaitlinAmbry.com. C-A-I-T-L-I-N-A-M-B-E-R-Y.com. Today's episode has been brought to you by Roadhouse Smithers an unexpected oasis in the north. Come dine with Roadhouse, www.roadhouse-smithers.com.